need some more. All right, I got to give it up for the moonwalk. <laughs> You're right. It's not very good, but you did it. Um, <laughs> I got to tell you a story about the moonwalk. He did a, uh, uh, a rendition of uh, Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. Uh, everybody knows that song, so don't act like you don't. Uh, it's a great, great song. He did a rendition of it uh, Friday night at their pop show. And so during the show, I texted him and asked him to please moonwalk off the stage because that would just, that would be it. And he didn't do it. I can't believe you didn't take my dare. Uh, listen, this, this is, um, as you can probably tell, this was a, a very um, unique and a word that I like to use. Uh, a lot of times it's a very eclectic group of students, very talented in their own rights, their own sets of gifts and abilities, their own personalities. Uh, and and I, I got I to gotta be honest with you, camp will probably never be the same after this group graduates. Um, I have had more fun at camp uh, especially when we went to New Mexico a couple years ago. Yeah, it was interesting. And uh, I was in a room with Caleb and Hayden together. And uh, yeah, y'all starting to figure it out already. Yeah, um, so much fun. Just a great, great group of kids. And so this morning, I, I, I'm not going to take a whole lot of time, um, but I just want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Every year I kind of get to the service and I'm always thinking, what do, you, what do you say? I mean, you can say the same thing you do every year, uh, every grad service you go to. But I, I always want to do something a little bit different that, that hopefully will leave an impression uh, with our graduates. And listen, our, our graduates, it seems like every time they, they graduate, they never really leave uh, student ministry. Our graduates always tend to come back when they're off uh, from college and they're home, which we're, we love that because it, it tells us that it's a place that they want to be and something they want to be a part of. And so, as Miss Connie's already said, when you guys are back in town, uh, you're always welcome to come back and hang out with us and our students uh, back in Second Wind. But this morning, I, I want to share a passage real briefly out of Matthew chapter 6. And it says this. Don't hoard treasures down here where it gets eaten by moss and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasures in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and the burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? Uh, the place where your treasure is is the place where you most want to be and you will end up being. And I love this out of the message. Um, it says this, Don't hoard treasures down here on earth uh, eaten by moss and corroded or rust or worse or stolen. Hey, can you put the New Living Translation up? I mean, I really like the message, but not that much. That was my fault. I had it in backwards. All right, don't stir, up your, uh, don't stir up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them or where thieves break and steal, <coughs> break in and steal. Go ahead and put the next one up that's up there. Yeah, there we go. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Now listen, it's a great verse, uh, and sometimes we look at that verse and go, well, well Jesus is saying that uh, we just need to kind of live in poverty, and we just need to give everything away, and not invest here on earth, and not do things here on earth. We just need to kind of be, be heaven-minded all the time, and, and the problem with that is sometimes you kind of become so heavenly-minded that you're absolutely no use here, right? We kind of get so focused on eternity that we just kind of don't function here on earth the way we're supposed to, but at the same time, most of us get so focused here on earth and the things that we're dealing with, the things we're going through, the struggles we have, the, the ups and the downs of life, that we never, ever look through eternity. So this morning, I want to 
show you an illustration that I wish I'd have come up, uh, that's a weird word, wish that I had come up with on my own, but I didn't. Um, I saw it several years back, and then a couple months ago, I just happened to run across this illustration, and I thought, that's it, and kind of put it back in my head, saying, this is what I want to say to our graduates, and say to all of us. And some of you have probably seen this illustration before, and maybe you haven't. But listen, when you stop and think about it, life is actually pretty short, right? I mean, let's say life is this portion of my rope. And really, life is all about preparation. I mean, everything leads to something else. We're all, always working towards something. We're always investing in something. We're always moving forward and looking forward. And, and so, really, it's kind of hard to see. Let me step down here. It's kind of hard to see, but, but at some point, we were all born, I think, maybe. And so, we spend a couple of years kind of going through that stage of just kind of learning how to eat and use the bathroom by ourselves and and at some point, you learn how to roll over, and that's a big, exciting day for parents. Ooh, look, they roll over. And, and then when you get to pre press yourself up on your own arms, it's like, woo, we're, we're great parents. And, and that lasts a few years, right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> that lasts a few years. And, and then you kind of move on to the next phase of your life, which is you're probably going to go to some type of preschool or kindergarten or something like that. And, and that's really nothing but preparing you for the next step, which is, is, is elementary school. And most of you kind of go through elementary school, and you're kind of learning the basics. You're Academically, you're learning the basics. Socially, you're beginning to kind of learn how to function in society and do the things that you do. And, and, and you're, you're learning how to color inside the lines and not go out outside the box, which is great for creativity. Just saying. Um, but that's really all just preparation, right? I mean, that's, uh, that's several years, four or five years, hopefully, that you spend there, and then that's preparing you for um, the rigors of middle school or junior high, right? And middle school and junior high is a really weird time, and, and as, a, as a parent, that's a really weird time, right? Those of you who've had middle schoolers, because you're kind of, you're a little, you're scared to death, right? And you're like, is my kid going to make it? Or are they going to survive it? Or are they going to? Now, listen, my kids have gotten an education in middle school. I mean, much more than the academic education they got. They, they got an education in middle school, right? Uh, our kids go to Lufkin Middle, uh, and, and we've had a great experience there. But it's been a very interesting learning experience. We've, a we've answered a lot of questions at home about stuff. Yeah, that stuff. Yeah. But really, those three years are just preparing you for what? For where you've been the last four, and that's high school. And in high school, you kind of really begin to define your passions, and you really begin to understand your talents. You begin to work towards those things, and you work academically, and, and you do all these things. And socially, you're continuing to develop and to grow. Emotionally, you're continuing to develop and to grow. And physically, you're changing. And, and I'll tell you what, man, the change from an eighth grader to a freshman in high school is weird. And looking at y'all's pictures, it was weird for y'all, too. <laughs> Not in a good way. Y'all got better with time, I guess. But, but really, th those, those years in high school are important years. And, and so you're here now. You're, you're kind of at the end of the blue portion of your life. And you've, you're going to walk the stage this week. 
and you're going to shake hands, and your parents are going to cry a lot, and you'll probably cry some too. You're going to take more pictures than you've ever wanted taken in your life, and, and you're going to graduate. You're going to walk across the stage, and everybody's like, yeah, congratulations, you did it. And sometimes I kind of want to go, yay, you just got through the easiest part. <laughs> right? Adults? <laughs> it's like, man, if I could go back to high school, whoo, I'd be there for like 50 years. Um, yeah, and so you're kind of here, and really what these last four years have been about is preparing you for the next phase of your life, the next four, six, or eight years, depending on what your degree plan is or how much you really enjoy college like I did. I just kept going and going and going, and I still have a bachelor's degree. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. But you're going to spend the next four, six, or eight years preparing for whatever it is you feel like your task is in life. For some of you, you're going to be, become nurses. For some of you, you're going to become educators. For some of you, you're going to become businessmen and women. Some of you are going to become musicians. And, and, and listen, the reality is, for some of you, what you plan today may completely change in the next four years. What you set out to do your first day of college may not end up being what you do. But it's all preparation. And, and it's interesting because as you go off to college, Really, all you're doing is preparing for the next 25, 30, 40 years, right? I mean, we, we go to college because we want to have a good job. We, we go to college because we want to be successful in life. And so you enter this stretch of your life, which you've prepared for all this time, and, and you've got 25, 30, 40 years. And, man, in that 25, 30, 40 years, man, you're just you're busting it, trying to get it done, because everybody wants to be successful. You, you want to live in a nice house, drive a nice car, have, have a little bit of money in the bank account, and, and, and of course, you want to have, you know, a nice retirement portfolio uh, that you hope doesn't go down the toilet when the markets crash, but that happens a lot, right? But it's all preparation. I mean, you're going to work 25, 30, 40 years to get ready for your golden years, which it's silver because I couldn't find gold. <laughs> but you've worked all this time with the goal of, man, I'm going to retire and I'm going to enjoy life. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retire to the lake or to the beach or I'm just going to stay where I'm at and I'm just going to enjoy the last 20, 30 years of my life. 40 if you're really, really healthy like, like I am. <laughs> That's a joke. Lighten up. I'm not healthy. <laughs> I told my, my, my illustration Wednesday night was I'm chunky by choice. <laughs> I know how to fix it. I just choose not to. But listen, I mean, that, that's really, that's, that's your life. I mean, that's it. You're going to get 70, 80, maybe 90 years. And all of us who are adults, that's our life too. We're going to get 70, 80, maybe 90 years. That's it. But here's the problem. What Jesus was saying is, listen, don't, don't invest everything in this 60, 70, 80, 90 years. Because this is absolutely nothing compared to that which is eternity. Now, I'm not saying be a bum for the next 60, 70, 80 years. Because, listen, you guys have been around me long enough to know that, man, I, 
I really believe in using the gifts and abilities that you have, whatever they are. And I believe it's our responsibility as followers of Jesus to develop those gifts and those abilities the best that we possibly can. To be the best that you can be, not the best that there is. You be who God created you to be. You do the things that God's asked you to do. Be a nurse, be an educator, be a coach, be a musician. But the reality is, do it to the best of your abilities, but realize you're really only doing it for this amount of time. And there's a whole lot more of this that just keeps going and going and going and going. So as you invest in college, in your education, as you go on and you get a job and you do all those things that you want to do, I want you to understand something. That it's not about the here and now, it's not about even what you see, but what are you investing in? What are you pouring your life into? You all have a platform. And I talk about platform all the time. It's your gifts, it's your abilities, it's the things you do. But what are you doing those things for? Are you doing them for yourself? Are you doing them to, to, to pad your bank account? Are you doing them to, to have what the culture says a successful life? Or are you doing it for something more? Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. But store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Listen, work hard to achieve your goals and your dreams. Be wise and make good decisions about your future. But don't focus on the 60, 70, 80, 90 years you have here because what matters is what lies beyond that. Listen, Mackenzie, here's the reality. Be the best nurse that you can be but understand that nursing is just a platform. Elizabeth, be the best mathematician, educational leader that you can possibly be, but understand being the best mathematician you can be and giving leadership is nothing compared to the opportunity you have to share hope. Josiah, going to AC to play basketball, uh, man, isn't about you playing basketball and pursuing a degree in business and finance. It's about the opportunity that you have to let God shine through you on the court and in the classroom. And Hayden, your gift isn't, um, your gift set isn't just about becoming a famous musician or a composer. It's about using that gift to make a difference. And Angel, listen, nursing is a great field, but the greater opportunity is to show people love and hope of Jesus. Jared, what an opportunity to play soccer at the collegiate level, but your time as an athlete and eventually as a physical therapist isn't about success on the pitch or in a therapy center. It's about using your platform to make God known. And Caleb, there is no doubt that you will leave your mark on this world. but leave your mark pointing people to God. And Katie, your artistic and musical uh, gift set will no doubt encourage and inspire children in the classroom. Because listen, it was my music teacher from Miss Hargis when I was in elementary school to Miss Gardo in high school that inspired me the most, constantly reminding me that my musical gifts had, that I had weren't about me, but they're really about the opportunity that I had to shape people's lives. So whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. It's not about this segment of our life. It's about that segment of our life. I love what I do. Um, and for a lot of years, the platform that God gave me, although this is kind of what I not kind, it's what I do. Um, 
This is what I do as a profession, for lack of a better word. This is what Mark and I do. This is what God has tasked us with. But for me, this is not really necessarily my platform. My platform has always been as a coach. Because it was the one place that I wasn't Pastor Jeff. It was the one place I was just a normal guy out coaching whatever it was. And I've coached just about everything from t-ball to prep to all forms of baseball to basketball and uh, lastly to soccer. And it was always my platform and it was always those opportunities. And it's funny because now a lot of those, a lot of those guys that I coached when they were four and five years old are now advancing to the fourth round of the playoffs with Lufkin. And that's weird to see. And, and, I, and I watch those guys and, and, and those girls I've coached over the years, and, and one of the inter- interesting things to me is that those guys still remember me. Those girls that I've coached still remember me, and they see me in the community, and, and it's always Coach Jeff. I had the opportunity uh, this past semester, a couple, uh, actually about a month ago, to be at Science Fair uh, hanging out, and a young lady that I had coached for several years came up to me, gave me a big hug, I hadn't seen her in a while, and introduced me to her friend as this is my other dad. And I got to be honest with you, um, that's when I kind of stepped back and went, oh, wow. What I've really tried to do, what I've, what I've wanted to do, was not just coach athletes and help them be good athletes and, and win, although I love winning and can't stand losing. But really, at the end of the day, what matters is the investment that I've made in the students that I've coached. Because it goes way beyond athletics. Because what it's about is hopefully them seeing something in my life that points them to something bigger. And points them to something greater. You're going to have the opportunity to impact people from here on out no matter what you do, no matter what your profession is, you have an opportunity to impact people. And that impact is incredibly, incredibly important. So listen, I want to close out by saying this. Embrace your platform, not your profession. See, it doesn't matter what your profession ends up being. You embrace your platform. You take the opportunity, you take the places that God allows you to be, and you use those things. Like I said earlier, some of you guys, you have a pretty clear understanding of where you're heading the next four, six, or eight years. And I guarantee you, for some of you, that will completely change by the end. Completely change. And it doesn't matter. Because it's about your platform. It's about the opportunities that God will present to you throughout the rest of your life to make a difference. So listen, so whether you are a nurse, an educator, a businessman, a musician, a physical therapist, or elementary music teacher, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And man, as we wrap up, I just want to say this. How do you do that? I can be honest with you, all my years of coaching, I've never once broken out the Romans road. Ever. I, I really haven't. I, I haven't. I haven't had an evangelistic session at the end of practice. That'd be weird. But here's what I've tried to do, and here's what I've tried to encourage you guys to do during your time in second wind. Live your life for the glory of God. 
in the things that you do, the way that you respond, the way that you handle situations. And as we've just wrapped up this series we've been in, really the whole point is this, that, man, when we surrender our lives to God, some pretty neat things are going to take place. You're not going to have to try. You're not going to have to work hard at it. You just need to surrender. As an educator, as a musician, as an accountant, because First Peter says this, and we're going to close with this, be careful to live properly among the unbelie- your unbelieving neighbors. And even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they'll see your honorable behavior, and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Because listen, whatever you're about to start, this journey you're going on, I say this, I think, every year, but it's really about loving God and loving people. And investing in eternity not just the here and now. God's got great plans for you guys. I don't know what it's going to look like in 10 or 15 years. But God has a plan. Just submit to it and walk with him. And listen, you're going you're gonna to make some really good decisions. Probably going to make some really not good decisions. But here's the deal. Get back up and keep moving. And God will use you to invest in the future the future that really matters if you just surrender. And I'm proud of you guys. Look forward to seeing what God has for you. Um, it's going to be a neat future to watch. And pray for us. God, thanks so much. Thank you for these students that you've allowed Alicia and I to really kind of watch these last 15 years or so. Man, it's weird to remember them as preschoolers. Um, literally in diapers to now getting ready to walk across the stage and receive their diplomas of high school. And God, that's a blessing, and we're grateful for that. And God, I thank you for this, this group of, of seniors. Uh, God, they're such a unique group. You've gifted them in so many different ways. And God, these students really can go on to achieve whatever it is that they want to achieve. But God, at the end of the day, what really, really, really matters is not that they have a great house or great home, not that they're successful by our society standards, but God, what really, really matters is that they're investing in the people that you put in front of them. Whether they're nurses or they're educators or they're engineers, businessmen and women, nurses. It, it, God, the profession doesn't matter. It's the platform. And so I pray these students would understand to embrace whatever platform you give them and that they would live their lives in such a way as it says in Scripture that God, those around them would see their good works and glorify you. God, we love you, and we thank you. And God, we ask you to, to watch over these graduates and their families. God, this week's going to be an emotional week, and I just pray that, God, you would just help, help their families and help them just to keep their eyes and hearts focused on you. God, we love you, and we honor you today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Hey,